Hello, I'm John Waters, and I'm supposed to announce there is no smoking in this theater, which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a length of a film, especially a European film, and not have a cigarette? But don't you wish you had one right now? Mmm, 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 mmm. And I'm telling you, smoke anyway. It gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. Mm. Uh, no, Mars is uh, known as where men are from, actually. Oh, was that right? correct you there? That's not the subject of this episode, though, so we have to stop That's talking right. about that immediately. So, what is what is the subject of this episode, Harry? Uh, More like boys of the night. That's what. That's that's the f- yes. Fuck yeah. Where's where's <laughs> my sound? That's us recording right now. You get now. it? Oh Jesus! <laughs> that's I right. Think that is that's like a war crime, depending on what kind of audio <laughs> setup somebody's listening to the song. Like if yeah, they're just Apple headphones, their brain is fried. You know. <laughs> Just, just leaking out their ears their on the way to work. Snaps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the assumption that we make is that people actually listen to this or at a respectable volume. Thank you very much for listening to Try Love. It's a literal roundtable podcast where we talk about movies we saw or people we met at or through the Trilon Cinema in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Find us on Twitter at Try Love Podcast. Find the Trilon at Trilon Cinema and at Trilon.org. My name is Jason Daphnis. I am inconvenienced, and you can find me on Twitter at Nintendoofus. I sell my brain and freedom for a salary. I'm Harry Mackin, and you can find me on Twitter at Shiitake Harry. Uh, my name is Aaron. I just want to relax and drink beer. You can find me on Twitter at RB Please. I knew that was you explained that that was the one that you were going to take, but in our translation, in our uh, uh, subtitles, oh. it said I would like a hot bath and some beer, and I thought that's Aaron's. That is Aaron's okay. to a T, dead to rights. That's Aaron's did, line. Yeah. The, did you get the it, before it? It's like men who needs them. I just want to <laughs> relax and drink beer. And I was like, oh, I just got to take the second half for the quote, but that's a good. It's good. It's good. You know. it's good. Say the um, whole quote, yeah. coward. Well, Who it doesn't does fit in. Man? It doesn't fit into. It doesn't fit into a quote that I would say while introducing myself. Hmm. If I say my name is Aaron and I just want to relax and drink beer, that flows more naturally than my name is Aaron. Men who need, you know what I mean? I, well, you know. I always do yeah, the quote first. To we've go all, around we've that, all found ways around this. You're, well, you're creating a new we do, problem. Yeah. To be fair, he is like a good. A here. He's a yeah. good forty episodes behind us in terms of actually preparing the quote. So the fact that he actually maybe in like forty more episodes he'll actually sort of like find a way around having I, to fit. On the other hand, I've been writing summaries for two hundred episodes or so at this point. That is, uh, I was I was literally going to counter in terms with of like, preparation, well, Harry. I don't know if we want to. The only re- the only reason I, rem- I remember what movies we talk about is because Aaron explains them before we start talking about them. Um, Thank you. Which actually I'm going to let him do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to let him do right now at the two minute 30 mark. Yes, we are talking about Girls of the Night, which is a 1961 film directed by Kinuyo Tanaka. Uh, it is apparently, uh, according to one source I found and no other sources that I found, adapted from a novel by uh, Masako Yana. Uh, don't know the name of the novel. Could not find any information about that, but uh, that is apparently the case. Um, this is yet another film. Uh, I believe it's actually the last film. Uh, in the Trilon series, the precise compositions of Kinuyo Tanaka, with set of celebrating the films of this, um, I think pretty sadly kind of underseen uh, director and actor uh, as well. Uh, the film was also written, uh, should be said, by Sumi Tanaka, of no relation to the director, uh, but Sumi Tanaka was uh, the writer of The Eternal Breasts, which was a film that we talked about a few weeks ago. 
pretty well-written film. I think this one is too, so shout out to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Sumi Tanaka. Uh, this film, Girls of the Night, uh, was the second last of six films that Tanaka would direct uh, in her directorial career. It follows a young woman named uh, Kuniko, who is played here by Chisako Hara. Um, she is sent to a women's rehabilitation center uh, after having worked as a sex worker in 1950s Japan. Um, She works very hard and she often tries to keep her past a secret from those around her, uh, but she she finds it hard to kind of carve out a place for herself in a uh, very misogynistic and also rapidly changing society. Um, I think also of note from an acting standpoint of the film is... uh, uh, also shout out, uh, the gardener, uh, Hayakawa, uh, that Kuniko falls in love with in the kind of latter moments of the film played here by Yasuke, uh, Natsuki, who, uh, he's been in a few films that we've covered. Uh, he was in, uh, well, he's in Yojimbo. So shout out to him. Uh, oh, is he's he? in Yojimbo. Sick. He is indeed. Uh, Girls of the Night was released just three years after Japan abolished uh, state regulated prostitution. Um, and the film is yet another example of Tanaka's um, considerate and empathetic, yet uh, still critical way of looking at mid 20th century Japan. That's what I got. That is what you got. The um, thank you for the summary. Uh, I, I don't know if, this is, if, if, the, if our attitudes about this movie mean that it's going to be a longer episode or a shorter one, but uh, we, I, I had trouble wrapping my head around um, Love Letter as an empathetic piece, as like sort of uh, the, the pay-on uh, that that we had sort of posited it to be by the end of our episode. Um, and if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to that too. Check out the movie. Uh, it's on the Internet Archive, or I can just send you a Google Drive link. I don't know. Um, piracy rules. Uh, but this one is significantly harder to do that with, I think, especially by the time that the third act rolls around and things sort of switch from... Uh, I mean, like Aaron was saying, the setup is sort of uh, question, her questioning her place in the world post uh, career as a prostitute and sort of where she might fit. Um, but the central question it keeps asking is like, is it the world's responsibility to accept, uh, you know, who she is and used to be and like sort of the sum of her life experiences? Or is it her responsibility to sort of change, hide or purify those things? And I think it pretty solidly and maybe we can argue about this pretty solidly comes down on the side of she must like find for herself a sense of purity she must like fix something within herself come to terms with her past before she can like share her love with another i guess it, it's it's at best like uncomfortably mixed and i think at worst like a really unfortunately conservative message to say i mean it is like giving it the 1961 not past yeah. but like grade of like three years after they've uh stopped like state sanctioning prostitution right and japan's like very I mean, uh, on all fronts must have been confronting that question of like, from a moral standpoint, from an economic standpoint, from like a policy standpoint, what did that really mean for like this widespread change? But at the same time, um, watching it in 2022 mode, as I can only do, I'm not really sure how effective that messaging landed. Um, Aaron, were there any, I mean, you had a different watching experience to us. I mean, I assume the translations were pretty close, but uh, yeah. did, you, did you pick up any, we're, we're coming off super fresh from this. We just got home from watching it at the trilog. So uh, I, I watched it earlier today. I had a bit of a, I mean, a, a, to, to those unaware, this film is uh this film and the films of Tanaka in general are uh, very hard to find in any sort of way. Uh, I, Jason was able to find me some kind of, shady internet link from like the corner of the probably jason found it for like linked from a linked from a link from like an old forum post from like 2002 or something you know what i mean i don't, um, I don't know how sources. he found it but yeah 
yeah, it's some something like that. Uh, but I did find it, and so I, I watched this at home, uh, which I would love to see this in the theater. Would but like yeah, the, the Tanaka's films are mostly like every once in a while they have some sort of something you know like a repertory theater or something or like a film center that will show is it you know, like Link- four Lincoln's six of them in a collection i think there's one right now that maybe is spurred the trilons acquisition of these uh digital copies i think maybe lincoln film center is running them or something anyway yeah like maybe they, they pop up yeah. but it's very hard to watch at home that yes anyway. yes very very hard to do that um so i had i don't know uh, an imperfect yet still i think kind of cool viewing experience of these films that are like generally otherwise possible to find right um i will say that i i i don't know uh so i i you know i've only i was only on the uh the episode for uh eternal breasts forever woman i guess so those two films are forming what i would say is probably an imperfect uh kind of um view of of Tanaka's films but but yeah I, I view this as kind of like generally at least from my perceptions kind of startlingly I think progressive uh at times given the the time period uh that it was made in and mm-hmm. the kind of um telescopic view even of kind of centering uh a kind of one woman and her kind of experiences um and I think that uh I think it you can maybe take some sort of pretty conservative reading from the ending of this film, um, but I don't know how much I'm willing to paint the film as a whole due to that. I think if, mm-hmm. to be frank, if anything, I think that some of the more progressive moments in the film, although I want to champion them, maybe feel even a little on the nose, uh, specifically the, the conversation um, that the, uh, the main character, Kaneko, has with uh, a woman who's kind of running this kind of this, this the, the girl's dormitory. Yeah. Yes, who is, who is very sympathetic uh, to Kuniko's plight, to, but also To is, a point, I mean, it's... She is still the directress of a an institution that sets out to quote rehabilitate unquote yes, prostitutes. Yeah, uh, yes, she she is, but I mean, yes, she is she is sympathetic, and she knows that that what she is doing is, I think, flawed in a lot of ways. Right? Uh, I think that this film is, if not directly, then at the very least, indirectly, kind of aware of uh, kind of the. Um, the inadequacy of kind of rehabilitation specifically in this time period for these people. I mean, rehabilitation was like the, the, the kind of the positive outcome, right? Uh, when, when, uh, this kind of prostitution was outlawed, they, they basically split up people into two camps and they were like the, the real, I don't even know how they judged it, but I would assume like, Oh, the real, uh, you know, scare quotes here, like a uh, nasty woman who are really into the, this trade, they just get sent to jail, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, I'm laughing in the most darkly manner possible. Right. It's like, it's pretty gross. Right. And then like the, the Kuniko is like a, an example of someone who is viewed as like the, the most positive outcome or like, Oh, she's really trying really hard, really, uh, you know, kind of working her way to, to a better future. Um, and so we're going to like rehabilitate her in this manner, which is um, how re- rehabilitation typically works in these kind of uh, situations, which is preparing somebody to be somewhat uh, productive in, in some manner that befits mm-hmm. kind of um, capitalism as an economic model. Right. So like she can work a job uh, in a store. She can, uh, you know, work at the garden. She can do all these little jobs in order to be productive. Um, and but I. Yeah, so I mean, I'm kind of rambling, but like, I don't know. I there there is no, no, a no. conservative reading of the end of this film, but 
I don't know how much, I mean, again, it's a film from 1961. Yeah. I think that the vast majority of it is pretty progressive or at the very least kind of refreshing, I think, to see um, for the, for the most part. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I dug those aspects of it. And th- the more you're talking about it and you're not, I don't think you're rambling so much as like, it's bringing up a lot of thoughts. A couple of those around that are like, I like the idea of like when, when we fr- can frame Kuniko as like a positive quote unquote positive outcome or like the movie is maybe trying to say that she she's is, literally she one be. of the good ones. Right. <laughs> well, well that, and, and again, that's, that's the like, insidious conservatism underneath of it all right i think that i think does drive unfortunately a whole lot of it as evidenced by the end but if i can just exist in the space of like the first two-thirds of this movie for a moment i think it is like still even about that about the assumption that she is like a positive outcome of rehabilitation i think it's still like in a really interesting way in a really like biting perhaps progressive way still darkly pessimistic about that about the assumption that like that 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 a positive outcome is like still can can still be instilled by something like sponsored by the state but it can still be instilled by like a form of uh, uh labor i guess like the the um house the home where uh, shiragiku i think it's called uh the the women's center essentially where where prostitutes are sent to be reformed and rehabilitated is framed in every interaction like a prison um and that's i think kind of pointed uh even by the time that um Kuniko is out and she's starting her first job. One of the, one of my favorite things about like the thing that I'll probably remember this movie for is in one of her first outings, when she's a maid, she's riding her bike, she's going to the market or something like that. And she sees a train pass by and it's like, Oh, you know, this is the beautiful free world that she did not get to experience as a prostitute because she was sort of working under this gigolo pimp character who calls her cherry appears later in the movie. And uh, and then as, you know, somebody was to be rehabilitated, she was unable to like experience the fullness of life through that. So this is her path. And it's like, that's, that's where I started to like, my hackles started to be raised about where this movie is really going from a like moral political center. Right. And then there's that, I think direct, but a little, um, I guess rather affecting scene where, uh, she it's after she's accepted a new job at the factory and three men uh, start to harangue her and, you know, tell her to basically, we're going to take advantage of your services. We know who you are, you know, uh, sleep with each of us kind of thing. And she like kind of takes command of the situation. She says, okay, so who first, like get ready. We're, we're doing this. She sits down, excuse me. And almost the exact same angle and shot of a train pass by just with her back toward the camera. And the men start scattering because they realize, well, you know, she's not, let's not fuck with her right now. Um, and that to me is like paralleling this sense of like freedom under the rehabilitative, uh, like actions that she's been taking. She's finding quote unquote gainful employment. She's trying to better her position and stuff. Is that really working? And it's like, no, like she's still internally, obviously very conflicted about her very place in the world. She's still, and like just visually uses that metaphor of the train of, you know, a sense of freedom and direction to pull that back. I think to like, uh, to, to just reify in the mind that this is a symbol of freedom. It's a symbol of uh, liberation that like, she should be having this life that she wants, but at every turn she is confronted by something. And that's uh, again, the unfortunate and like maybe pigeonholeable aspect of it is like it is her own being it is her own past her essential self that is like holding her back right i don't know how that plays against the like if we want to 1961 versus 2022 it it doesn't feel great but i think it is still a very effective um use of that of, of the visual metaphor to pull back like 
she's like, it's not really working. Uh, there are other ways that we can talk later about how uh, there are other ways that the movie exemplifies the system is not really working for these women, but it is still saying like purity is a thing that can be obtained. Purity is a, like a concept that you can achieve, but it's a personal journey. It's something that like nobody can help you with kind of thing. I it, it's it that's why I call, call it more muddled than like conservative or negative on its face um, is because like it does play a little bit of both sides of that of that field, I guess that now that Aaron was textbook rambling. Uh, that was really well characterized, Jason, especially the train, which was not a metaphor I totally picked up on, but I'm super glad that you did because that really helps. Um, yes, I think that this is a very frustrating movie and my experience of watching it, I think like yours, Jason, was was relatively negative. Um, Aaron, I think for background, like Love Letter is a is a movie that is even like closer to getting this right and still kind of fucks it up than this one does. So like we were kind of disappointed to see a later movie that is maybe even less sort of like equipped. Uh, however, there are some really fascinating and like radical, even for these times ideas happening, right? Like they literally straight up say like prostitution is not that different from working for a salary. Right. That was like one of my quotes. It was like, and also like the first two, um, acts of this movie, as you pointed out, Jason, are a pretty harrowing and unsparing look at the fact that everyone suffers under conservative ethics of uh, society building, and everyone takes out the hypocrisies that they suffer under out on the lowest common denominator, which is prostitutes in this case, right? Like literally the first parts of this um, movie demonstrate how like – uh, a husband doesn't like the fact that he has to like, quote unquote, put up with his nagging wife. His nagging wife, quote unquote, doesn't like that she has to be um, nagging to her husband and therefore less attractive to him. Um, the people in the rehabilitative center like resent that maybe they're not living the lives they want to be living. Everybody takes it out on the people who are defenseless, which in this case are prostitutes and women, right? And there's this sense in which like, and and this is something that is brought up repeatedly in, in Tanaka's movies, which I'm really impressed with, that like everyone – like nobody's without sin, but the people who pay with the sin are the people who don't have the means to protect themselves, right? It's like everything rolls downhill. And so like prostitutes are going to bear the brunt of – everyone else is suffering because everyone else has somebody beneath them that they can take their suffering out on. Right. And I think that that is really beautifully demonstrated in the first two acts of this movie. Um, and, and like in, including the sort of like latent hypocrisy in like the idea that selling your body should be different than, and is somehow categorically different than um, having any other type of career. Right. I think that this movie takes this on. The problem is there's a very 1960s sort of um, conservative strain running through this movie that maybe maybe I'm wrong. But but to me, this movie felt very sympathetic to the idea that somehow prostitution is a mental health disorder and or a sort of like disease inflicted upon these women that make them different from normal people. Right. Like they, they keep talking about how like, oh, normal women wouldn't as a first choice go out to sleep with men or like these women can't hold down a job because they're simply too obsessed with sex. Mm -hmm. And there was this idea that like the rehabilitation center was not only about sort of like finding the um, the social ways for the, these women to, to fit back into society. 
um, and that the, the sympathy demonstrated by the rehabilitative leader was not only the only aspect of that facility, but there was also this sense that like, oh, we have to cure these women of their sex obsession or of their like uh, their wanton ways, right? Like the of their nastiness before they can reenter society. And it, we have to do both things, right? Like we have to pave the way for them economically to reenter society, but we also have to re-socialize them because by being prostitutes, they have become people that cannot exist in society. And like in my mind, I think that that's where the conservative messaging that you alluded to, Aaron, comes from is that there is this idea that the woman at like that the main character has internalized this idea, right? Where she's like, oh, I know I now realize that I am not worthy to be with this man that I love. I have to purify myself further. So instead of seeking him out, I am going to escape from him and I am going to work hard in this society. And maybe through my difficult work, I will come to purify myself purify myself a little bit more and I'll probably never be as good as a quote unquote pure woman, but at least I'll be able to regain some semblance of dignity. Right. Yeah, and I, to me, that sort of both sides is very strange in this movie. And um, I I don't know that the movie, I, I, I guess I can't sat, satisfy myself either way. If, it, if this movie is openly cynical about that or if it's, yeah. Okay. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, or if it's um, openly negative of that, right. Because like the character that, um, that takes in, uh, the main character at the end there, the the wife of the guy who runs the Rose store, she is like a really fascinating character in that like she is this sort of like well-meaning liberal like mama bear to reformed prostitutes. And like – but even she falls flat, but I don't know that the movie understands how she fell flat is like enough of a – demonstration of systemic failure i guess do you know what i mean it's like these these two thoughts seem to be coexisting in tension with one another in this movie and i don't know that that tension is resolved coherently at the end yeah i i if i had to read i i think it's more or less like that it has a negative view of the women that it's portraying and more that it's just an incredibly patronizing one which to aaron's point in 1961, three years, well, like while Japanese society is still like still experiencing this, it's probably still in headlines. Like literally, the the paper, the movie starts with like a quick primer on this happening in Japan. I, I patronizing is like not great tone to go back to. It is significantly more positive. Could you explain what I, I didn't get that feeling at all from oh, the film? To I, be I mean, that, that, I, honestly, that, I think that the, the rehabilitation workers, right? The entire tone of the rehabilitation yeah. and the first scene that, is incredibly patronizing. And I think that like I thought I came into this movie, right, being a Tonica fan, thinking that they were satirizing that or they were demonstrating how that creates the circumstances by which women return to the fold because they don't have any other opportunities. But by the end of this movie, I thought, oh, like I am actually supposed to identify with the directress of the rehabilitation institution a little bit. I am supposed to see things from her point of view. I, I, I guess mm -hmm. I don't really... I, I think I am uh, generally when watching maybe even to a fault willing to kind of take movies that that appear good intention kind of on their good intentions. Maybe that's a that downfall <laughs> are, on my you end. You are mind-fielding like, between I, words for this. I, but, yeah, but, I, but, no, no, no. I, but like I, I don't mean this negatively, yeah. but like I, I am very much willing to I, – I think that the the read of the film – 
I don't know. I think that like it it feels a little bit like trying to read like trying to read the intention of the film, which is all right. I mean, I know that we're using like very metaphorical language here to describe I don't know, kind of nebulous topic, but like we're we're talking about like what the film is really communicating in regard to how it talks about these fairly delicate themes, right? And I guess I I I think that the film has all of the pieces. Uh, uh, you know, I think that the film at least has a reading of that character that is is very critical. I can't say what like Tanaka was intending in that end, but I, I you know I do take that conversation uh, between the two of them kind of midway through the film as like I kind of don't know how like I don't know I I guess I just don't agree with you there. Like I think it is very clear that she is in some manner a character that we are supposed to sympathize with a bit, and that she she is a character who is like well-meaning but well-meaning you, within a structural system that is like very clearly the directress or the director the, or, yes okay. yes the Just director of the of of the 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 girls dormitory or whatever um you know i i think we are supposed to sympathize with her to a certain extent and i think maybe maybe your viewpoint is like yeah we just shouldn't because she's a fucking director of this kind of yes uh, that she, is basically my point. Yes, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how much I agree with that necessarily. And, and that, like, oh, you I, think prostitutes should be rehabilitated because no, there's something I, wrong of with course, them? Of course not. But like, <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. I know. But I, you know, I, I, I think we are capable of like understanding that she is a person who is fundamentally in the wrong, and that her profession and her her way of life is like supporting this overall system that is uh, very damaging to the people that it kind of purports to uh, help. But also that, like she, she is torn between uh, her, her, um, her kind of like blind faith in this system, and also her kind of uh, uh, maybe her understanding in her heart that, like, oh, this this work is like not actually illegitimate. It's not like inherently evil, right? Um, that like it, it is. At you a mean prostitution? Point, at, prostitution. At this, yes. Okay, because I thought uh, you were talking about rehabilitation. No. In a- because that is proper rehabilitation (laughs) in certain contexts completely different than this maybe right but like yes um yes i'm talking about prostitution we're like i think she does know and she does admit that like yeah that like there this is not different than a lot of other kinds of work and it is being demonized and I, i i mean look to i guess my final like my proof here would be like they end that argument with her saying like yeah maybe you're right but like there's a law right and like mm-hmm. i just don't read that as a film that is in any way like uh uh siding with her ultimately like i think we are supposed to acknowledge her hypocrisy and then kind of go on for like i'm willing to take the film as a text just based on that yeah in that well, manner i i think i am I'm just left of that perspective where I would have appreciated a character who's more like vehemently or openly against the concept of rehabilitation as like a, a way to go about things. But again, that's 2022. That's me seeing like, oh, the, the like to treat this as a thing to be rehabilitated as, rather than like an element of a person's life and, you know, their, how, how they. What the become... fuck does it mean to rehabilitate a prostitute? I mean, in, uh, in Japan in 1961, to get them, yeah, to, to get them, a well, job that right. lets them forget it, right? Yeah, it, but I isn't, mean, yeah, isn't that not, not that Harry meant that as like a criticism of the film? Maybe he did, but like I, I didn't read that yeah, as a criticism did. of the film. But like I think that is the what the film is saying, right? Is like, mm-hmm. what does it mean to rehabilitate them when you're going to have uh, you know a bunch of guys come right. up on the street no, yeah, and say, exactly. well, "Hey, I heard about you," you know? And, um, and how, how do you rehabilitate someone who is pigeonholed into, uh, you know? Well, and, and even the a, idea, a like, life. the idea that, that, like, 
by its very nature implies that there is something wrong with the person who needs to be rehabilitated. That's what rehabilitation yes. means, right? right? Is that, and, oh, there's something wrong with you that needs to be cured. Yeah. And like, to me, that's why that conversation in the middle of the movie doesn't do it for me. Because it's like, that's the woman that we watched be extremely condescending to these women uh, earlier in the movie. She goes on yeah. doing it. And it's like, oh, so like, she's sort of tacitly admitting that like, oh yeah, like I know there's nothing actually wrong with you. There's just a law, but I'm just going to, there's no point. I don't think that this movie goes nearly as far as to say, but I am um, capitalizing on the inequality that is imposed by the systems of this society. But, in but order she to is, benefit. right? No, but you I mean, understand she is. She is. But right, I understand so, she but is. So what then? I don't, I, the, 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 honestly, my problem with that conversation is I think kind of the opposite problem where like, I think if anything, uh, Kuniko's uh, words in that scene are like so much more like clear minded than anything else she expresses throughout the film that it feels like well, they and, kind and of also, break in yeah. uh, that character. And like, I kind of think that like that film or that scene goes too far in that sure. direction where it's like, I am fine reading this, that character is somebody who has this kind of emotional battle between what she knows is right. And like what, her way of life is and this feeling she has of devotion to this legal system that is very clearly flawed. I am willing to like, look at that, read that uh, in the film and then go, yes, that, that is saying something that I think is interesting. I, I think it, if anything, it goes too far in expressing that or like do I, it, it's, it's like I, the, the, the film is like doing the thing. I'm fine reading that. And then like yeah. taking my own opinion, like this is why this kind of rehabilitation right. is bullshit. This is why these characters are like inherently mm -hmm. uh, kind of propping up the structures that they, they can tell are kind of bullshit. I don't know. Like, and, and that's, and that's, I don't, yeah, I'm continue. And I feel best about the movie when I'm doing that, what you're talking about, like taking it at what I'm seeing and what I'm seeing in the director's character in particular is like she is confronted often with the failures of the system that she is a part of. And in that scene, I think is the time she gets closest to like admitting that where she's like, <laughs> but it's just, it's just funny that the closest she can come to admitting it is like, uh, yes, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe prostitution shouldn't be, uh, maybe it's not actually bad, but it's against the law. So it's a crime. So we, you know, we, let's stay in our lane kind of thing. And yeah, that's a little bit, uh, disappointing but again if i'm watching it on the on the face of the movie like the direct and i wish i remembered the character's name but the directress uh she, like she watches women come through all the time and like having been like lapsed or whatever clearly like whatever they're doing at this at this institution is not working for them um she sees women come back through literally one of the like most marginalized vulnerable women in the movie is just given sort of an unceremonious death she's just fridged completely the queer uh clearly unwell woman the oldest woman in the in the dormitory um is is she she kills herself uh in, in the middle of the movie um and that is like we, we see the reaction of the directress genuine or not to be like severe dismay and we don't see much of her after that except when when there's a new face there um and even that new face who joins is, is sort of like there's it's not a good fit. Things really pop off very quickly. There's a fight in the in the in the lunchroom. I guess what I'm trying to get at is like it there is no shortage of like there's no clear moment where it's like, yes, this system that the director supports or excuse me, supports that like the state is funding that there are, you know, that's seen as like a positive avenue for women 
is actually working. Um, and in fact, the end of the movie asserts that like it does for, for Kinoko particularly, it does not work. Uh, she, again, with the overarching and, and under like the undercurrent that there is still some way for her to achieve purity, even after this thing that was bad. I think that if we're playing within that space, I think it's still saying the systems that are pretending that they can fix it cannot. That feels, I guess, radical at, for, for 1961 uh, when the thing had just happened in 1958. That's when I think about, like you were saying, Aaron, the like pieces that the movie has, it has like a woman who wants to have a better life flat none. We have a system that fails her. We like, she has goals that she wants to achieve. She wants to have a life those pieces do interlock and they do work as a story. I think it's whether or not I feel like they went far enough in like asserting how people get there, how people like why people change and like what should inspire them to, I guess. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that this movie isn't trying, right? Like I would even go so far as to say, like, I believe that this movie is a polemic against the law that had just been um, codified in, in Japan that outlawed prostitution, right? Like I fully with my chest believe that this movie is like that law is bad and here's why. I just think that I think that the crux of my argument with Aaron here and maybe it's nitpicking is that I understand that I see that the movie or that uh the woman the directress is bad and wrong and that her model for rehabilitation is fundamentally flawed and fundamentally based on the assumption that there is something fundamentally lesser or other about these women that makes them bad. That's what she has to cure. That's wrong, right? I don't think the movie necessarily gets there. I don't think that the movie believes that or that it's communicating that sufficiently enough, I guess. I think that this movie kind of stops short, right? And it like... If anything, it's it's like this is this is a semi heroic woman that we're supposed to see as doing the best she can with uh, limited resources and in a uh, wrong system. It's like, well, damn, you know, prostitution is it really shouldn't be outlawed like that because that would be because it, it that's a punitive measure that that hurts people. But like there is a law. And so like this is the best we can do. I don't know that the movie thinks that that's wrong. Like, I don't think that this movie is showing that the directress is a villain, which she is. Right. Like, I think that our reading is that she's a villain. And I think that like, like morally she is a villain, but like, I don't think she's a a villain within the context of this movie. I don't even think that the wife of the, uh, the Rose, um, nursery person is really considered to be villainous in this movie. And I think that they should be. And I think that it like hurts this movie's message that they're not particularly when you take into consideration the ending, right? Which is not portrayed as the straight up tragedy that I believe it, it should have be or should have been. Un- oh, like, it's, it's definitely not portrayed that. Yeah. I, I yes. will agree with you on at least the ending of the like, I would even yeah. go so far as to say that the yeah. main character's the main character's resolution at the end of this movie is meant to be seen as the right one to yeah. come to. Yeah. She she wasn't supposed to return to the arms of that man she loved. She really was supposed to take further like she was supposed to further try to purify herself by throwing herself into work and denying herself love mm-hmm. at the end I, of this movie. I, I will say that I I I think I agree with you and uh even with that I'll say film gets 90 percent of the way there I'll, i'm willing to round up every once in a while you know uh, <laughs> but uh as as a slight i don't know there's a slight de- defense of the ending which i do 
I think agree with your interpretation of. I will say that I think that the way that maybe I would spin it uh, in an attempt to come off a little more charitable is that I think the the film is is ultimately acknowledging a brittle and and kind of unbending social structure that would would make the other resolution that I think you're looking for, for impossible, right? And I think point, that yeah. you either have the flawed ending that we do have or you have uh well i guess there's three right you have the flawed ending we do have or you have the ending uh where it it, that does acknowledge that and they attempt to live together and and society tears them apart and i would just be bummed out watching that too uh or you have like a dishonest ending where they find love and it's fine and he runs away with her and like i don't know i every once in a while like a dishonest ending but uh there, there is a yeah. fourth ending that I fully thought this movie was going to do. The fourth ending. Uh, she, she, in her, in her uh, letter, she says, "I want to seek ever greater purity." And then they oh. show sea cliffs. I, oh, I thought, thought, I thought for sure she was going to drown herself. Yeah. She was going to kill herself, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, instead thought, of yes. that, they're like, "No, actually, I do buy into this society that tells me that I'm ever, I'm never actually going to be as good as as women. But if I try really hard and bootstrap myself, I can become almost as good as women. You can become ninety. You can become woman with a little asterisk. Like, yes, ah, exactly. I'm, you can be yeah. human being asterisk. Right? I'm not. Which I'm like, not that pessimistic, but yes, I. I mean, you're I just, not wrong. You know, you're not wrong. And, uh, and again, like it's the it's the thing we talked about with love letter, I guess, where where it's like it's it's social realism, and I I think I like your argument a lot, Aaron. That like maybe this is a socially realist movie, right? Like it can't it can't say that prostitutes can re-enter society happily because that's just not the way it. it looks. I just think that they they put considerably too much burden on the prostitutes. In, in this situation. Like I, I think that this life, movie, buddy. yeah, but, but the movie sympathizes <laughs> the way with the cookie crumbles, baby. <laughs> the movie not only is real is, is realistic about the idea that yes, prostitutes are going to have to do this. I think yeah. that this movie thinks it's right that they should have to do this. I think that this movie kind of buys the idea that prostitutes are fundamentally different from other people, that the sort of like sex craze that makes them unable to hold down a real job. That is um, like, the fundamental idea of the rehabilitation clinic that these women go to. I don't know that the movie actually disagrees with that. I think that this movie might think that there's something fundamentally wrong with prostitutes. And and uh, that is the problem with this movie that I can't get over, I guess. Yeah. I I might agree with you on that. I mean, I would also say that, you know, I I think this film is, um, I don't know. I'm repeating what I just said, but I, I think it is, acknowledging of a social structure that is is not able to be that requires many decades of of very very slow change uh uh to kind of skirt around and i guess mm-hmm. and i you know i i think that like the 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 film is not so much saying that like uh the, you know the these 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 whores need to just learn to not be so uh you know sexual and evil right. i think i think the film is saying that like we have a we have a society that does not accommodate for these people and these kind of actions and mm-hmm. got even worse with the passage of this law yeah. and this kind of crackdown on that activity and like look that's 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 it you know that's society you're going to have people knocking on your door you know kind of hinting at your previous life you're going to have uh you know the wife of the uh the shopkeeper you're staying with kind of giving you the side eye like you're you're just that's just what it is um yeah 
I think that I yeah. think I agree with you. I think that like the reason why this sticks in my craw so much is that like there is something so fundamentally liberal about the way that it it like does finally give the burden of responsibility back to prostitutes to the extent that it does. It's like there's literally a scene, a really great scene I thought in the um the second place where she works. Um, at the machine shop where uh, the directress comes and says like, hey, your workers uh, abused and, and mutilated my um, my charge and like we're going to press charges against you and go to the police. And the factory worker is like, oh, can we not do that? It, and he literally says at one point, are you sure she wasn't at fault at all? Yes. And like, <laughs> yeah. It, that's an amazing like, oh, scene. Are you really like, sure? Maybe she yeah, kind of deserved like, it. I don't know. Was she asking for it a little bit? It's like yeah. – it's an that's an amazing scene because that is such a trenchant commentary on how that would actually play out. The problem is, I think how the that movie, does play out. All, yeah, all the time. Right. Oh yeah. But yes. the, the problem with the movie is that I think it kind of still agrees. I think the movie no, is it asking, doesn't agree. That's, I think the that, movie is you're asking, that scene is oh no, not, overall no, not okay, that right, scene okay. overall. Yeah, I sure. I think it's saying like well like like yes you're right society society is bad men are are bad like women are pressed into prostitution because they lack better options but yeah. they still had to make the choice they still had to become prostitutes and that still means something about them it's like the well-meaning liberal who is like wow yeah it's so terrible that the that the police keep killing black people but does the black people have to be so aggressive do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like that is the stink that I get from this movie. And like, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it, fuck that. <laughs> I will say that I do think there is also kind of an interesting critique of uh, the way in which Japan kind of reacted to uh, uh, kind of you know, the opening up of its borders and whatnot. And that, the you know, the, the, a lot of the prostitution that was, was being done kind of state sanctioned in, you know, that time period uh, was very much for a bunch of foreign powers, a lot of them, uh, American people, uh, kind of, you know, stationed in Japan, uh, and whatnot, you know, during, Oh buddy, um, you really got to see love letter. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, very much into world war two into the Korean war, at least talking about the time period that the U S involvement in the Korean war. Um, yeah, it was like very much like foreign powers, very much kind of driving this change. And, uh, again, people people like the main character of this film kind of being vilified for it. I mean, there's the the scene where uh, someone is kind of gossiping about like, oh, yeah, she used to do this with like foreign people, too, you know. Um, and it's like very much about a society being forced to change in this manner and kind of the people who I think kind of get shit on. Uh, right, in that Look, I would so. love to see Love Letter, but I don't know where the fuck I can catch that one. Isn't that the one that I couldn't find the subs for? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, and, and I mean, you're making good points. One and day I think I'll learn that, Japanese. I think that this sort of counterpoint is really important, right? Because it's like, yes, I think I was the guy back in Love Letter that was like, you remember, you have to grade this on a scale, right? And I think that's maybe still true in 1961. Um, it's like, I think that for its time, this was maybe a relatively enlightened view of prostitution. It's just that for me, and and, and maybe this is just me. Um, it still sort of fundamentally makes the same, like, I think it still sort of fundamentally agrees with the uh, conservative ideology undergridding that treatment of prostitutes, that there is something that is like that these women are not the same as everybody else, that there's something wrong with them, that they like took the easy way out or they couldn't suppress their urges or something like that. And that in as far as the road back to normalizing 
um, these women back into society is about giving them better opportunities and fixing a society that only sees women in these terms. They have a role to play as well. And I think that like there is something that is so pernicious and insidious about that implication because of the door it leaves open for people to judge these women the way that they do. Right. It's like, well, like you're right. Like we're not perfect and everything is, is wrong, but like there is still that little bit of wiggle room where it's like, we still can condescend to these people. We still can treat them as less than normal people because they still did make this decision. And it's like, oh, like as long as that exists, I don't know that any of this supposed progressivism actually operates, I guess. What if the end of this film, you know, you're reading it one way. What if the end of this film is saying something completely different where instead of, you know, uh, what Kuniko needs in order to be better is this kind of rejection of, of kind of being around men at all and just joining this all kind of women's you know, like pearl diving group, right? Maybe all of it's saying is that, like, it's actually the city. She needs some nature. She needs sunshine. She needs a hike. She needs yes. fresh salt water. Just, you know what I mean? She needs just going swimming, just having a beach day every once in a while. That's all you need. a hot girl summer. Or, or she just needed, get, she like, just needed a hot girl summer. That's all you need. Right. Or if you want to go like even more 2022 with it, I would love the idea that like the ultimate tragedy of this is that she was socialized into believing in capitalism. (laughs) It's like, oh, like I, oh, I I get it. I need to work a job and working a job will make me a good person. (laughs) Right. Oh, that's right. Oh, no, she's she's getting into that grind sad mindset. No. Yeah, right. She's cured. I, you know what? (laughs) And I agree. And I Uh, agree. Sure. Sure. You do. I agree. Jason, what do you think? Goodness. Uh, well, man, I just keep thinking in the context of how you're talking about the ending, I think about her, like the, it's not strong or great symbolism, but of her joining a, a plant nursery and like the first thing that, uh, what is his name? The the gentleman who works there? Oh, you're, you're talking about uh, Hayakawa. Hayakawa. Yeah. The first thing that he's Hayaka, a charmer, Hayaka, by the way, he's, he's, he's a bit of a Chad. Um, yeah. the first thing that Hayakawa tells her is like, don't, don't like play with that flower. You'll nip it in the bud. Like, oh, so there's no room for growth or change or, 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 or to bloom. If you should fuck with what it's like now, right? Like you shouldn't try to fix or preen too much. What exists now for fear that you might change what happens later. And it's like, okay, okay. Tanaka, I get it. I'll both like, Oh, the, 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 the young bud of, of new love and like, oh, this person who is still seeking a way to change and does not know what she's going to look like on the other end of it. Um, and then of course the ending comes about and it's like, well, it was squandered a little bit, but again, that's, you know, gotta get it up, give it up for women. Um, I do have to say that, uh, I also thought that the third act of this movie is like tremendously on the nose. Like they literally flirt by like going through and looking at the flowers. And she's like, he's like, this one means purity. And she's like, Oh, like first love. And then they're like, hee hee hee. And then she's like, Oh, but I'm not pure. I'm not a pure rose. And so I cannot be with this man. It's like, you know, but, um, much like it's, do you think it's possible just with the kind of the symbolism of the rose, uh, you know, kind of becoming this thing that like faces all this kind of this harshness in the world and yet still blooms into something beautiful. Do you think it's possible just throwing it out there that Tupac Shakur was a big Kunio Tanaka fan, you know, just with the rose that grew from concrete. Do you think he maybe saw this film on maybe on TV? I don't know. 
I don't know how that would have happened. I just want to see it on TV. Shit posting live on air. (laughs) We don't have Cody's noties. We need to stretch this bad boy out to 60s minutes. We really really don't. We really don't. This is how we do it. The best part of our podcast (laughs) is not here. All right. So all we got, I'm I'm shit podding. That's what I'm doing. Well, as I was going to say, I just like that there are two Kunio Tanaka movies where she sets up a like really really um obvious sort of Wong Kar Wai-esque romance and then just completely pulls the rug out from under you and she's like nah you can't have it you know <laughs> I, I really love the idea that like all of her movies are this sort of like like um attack on the Japanese concept of purity and the way she's going to keep doing that is like pretending to create these cloud crowd pleasers with like uh lovable romantic leads and then just Taking them from you Just at the last up minute. On yeah, I the, love re- that. the reporter in uh, Eternal Breast smashed once and then like left. He's just like gone after that. He's like, yeah, I guess. Well, and it's even uh, more peace. clear in, in Love Letter, where Love Letter sets up in the first act that uh, there are two star-crossed lovers who are finally going to come together at the end, and then literally when they do, it's revealed that the dude is an incel. He's like a red-pilled incel, and he's like, yeah, but how could you be is like he a, this? Is he a vol cell? He's a, he's even he's a voluntary. He, he's a also because he was waiting for her, and then when he oh, finds I out see. that she's not pure, he's like, "Oh, hey, really? Yeah, yeah, you got to see Love Letter. It's it's a better version of this movie, essentially." It, is, there it, a, it, is there a term that sounds cooler yet is more boring than star-crossed lovers? Like you think, like, damn, that's badass. Sounds like you've never like experienced star-crossed, star-crossed love, bro. Yeah, maybe you just never felt it, huh? No, I mean, uh, I, get, I get what he's saying, though. You know, I mean, I've never I stared don't. at some some Kinda lady rocks. at her window and just immediately been like, oh, my God. You know, yeah, can't admit that. But Got to get out there, bro. It'll happen. <sighs> Shit pod wasn't as good as the last one. Sorry. I'm really running <laughs> uh, out of uh, God. We really don't need to push here. this to 60 minutes. Like no, no, said, no, we're good. Um, we, are, we are good. Uh, are there any other final thoughts before we start to, I, I don't know, you usually like, we usually 70s, like, prog anthem fade these out if we don't have more talking points we just do we shit shit like do you listen do to prog anthems fade out i i grew up listening to a lot of prog music they mostly end on a pretty big bang you know mm. you listen to the normie wreck uh shout outs to the rush normie the really wild quote-unquote wild uh prostitutes that enter um, that you mentioned earlier. Oh, that's Jason. very fun overacting. It's, stuff, it's very, very good overacting. A completely different movie. Twirling yeah. hair yeah. and shit. Well, that's yeah, what great. I, I saw. <laughs> like this chewing gum or something. Yeah, I saw that with Kelly, uh, and she was like, "This is like a John Waters movie when they're straight up fucking <laughs> destroying the cafeteria because they get in this fight." And like, yes, John I Waters love is good. that. Like, uh, the cafeteria is so destroyed that, like, when the when the uh, directress is coming to the um, coming into the room, literally the doors are falling off of the cafeteria because they're just fucking pretty good. wrecking this place. And uh, it's it really is. It's like. That was sort of like the um, the nadir of of my departure from this movie's politics. That like, oh, this woman is supposed to be bad in the context of this movie, but I was like, nah, she rocks. Like, <laughs> this is sick. She's just destroying like public property. No J- jail for her. No thank you. You know, I I think that any taxpayer money went towards those cafeteria hey, chairs. Any society that believes in rehabilitation the way this one does deserves to be destroyed. That's how every one of the True. women. 
uh, that is being rehabilitated should act all the time. You have to be defiant. You have to do the, uh, now I'm shitposting, but it's like in um, fucking uh, The Wretched of the Earth, that sort of like oh, fundamental like split bet- in psychology between the Wretched colonized and the colonizer. And it's like, it's not you can't anime, so at any it, point yeah. accept for once, it's the, not the colonized it's point of view. And so you have to defy to the greatest shit. extent. Hey, hey, I, I know what decolonization is the process. I can't. I tried to come up for an example there, and I was like, I can't even think of the the joke movie that you would be referencing. That's how so far down the rabbit hole you are on that one. Really, I don't. You probably. Uh, what would what would be what's the what's the go to joke anime movie reference if you had I mean, uh, Eva. off the top of your head? Ava, probably yeah. right. It's easy. I have seen Ava though. So. Perfect Blue, Ava. I uh, serial okay. experiments lane. I guess if you want to get a little. <laughs> that's bit more that's obscure. a. I don't know what the fuck that is. That's a great <laughs> one, Harry. Thank you. Thank you. The less Aaron knows about it, the more it's a good anime reference. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'll drop a reference to my Dragon Maid Kobayashi next time we're on. But for right now, um, it is at 51 minutes. Um, yeah, I, my, my, ta- my Tanky Wanky is empty. Oh, well, it's going to be longer than that with the intro. Tanky Wanky tanky is wanky. empty. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Trilove. Uh, you can go to trilon.org for tickets to um, movies that not in this series, unless you're listening to a day of release, in which case you should have one more chance, maybe two, to watch the film that we're talking about today. Uh, otherwise, keep an eye out for, I guess, people reissuing these movies. Uh, they're getting attention recently, and I really hope you get to see them soon because most of them are very, very good. For right now, uh, find us on tri- Twitter at Trilove Podcast. Find the Trilon at trilon.org and Trilon at Trilon Cinema, I believe, across all social media. Find me, if you want, at uh, Nintendoofus on pretty much wherever. Yeah, good outro, Jason. Thanks. I've been Harry Thanks Mack, for you can telling find me, about me on the good Twitter at, at Shiitake Harry. Um, yeah, a lot of the Kunio Tanaka movies are really good. Um, this one also exists. Um, have a good night. I'm now feeling obligated to force this into the top 10 at the end of the year <laughs> through pure willpower and uh, just trolling Harry. Uh, my name is Aaron. You can find me on Twitter at RB, please. Uh, yeah, bye.